Chapter 15. The Fairies' Farewell. No one slept. Mr. Wan stayed by Lee's side. Lily, May, and Ranger went back to the canvas tent and huddled with Mrs. Wan in the flickering shadows. The fires burned all night but never reached the park. In the morning, the girls found Mr. Wan slumped again, Lee's cot asleep. Lee was awake and looking better. The medicine, the hot broth, and a good night's sleep had given him strength. Mr. Wan left and returned an hour later with an impatient cart driver and a sturdy-looking brown horse. The horse pawed the dirt, and the, man and the man tapped his foot as Red Cross workers loaded Lee into the cart. Mrs. Wan climbed in, too. They loaded bundles of clothes and bedding, the packets of papers May had saved, the tiny gold canary in its cage, a suitcase full of things Mr. Wan had brought from the store, and a satchel of coins he had carried through the burning streets. They set off for the ferry dock. The cart was full, so Lily, May, and Ranger walked along behind it with Mr. Wong. The wheels stirred up clouds of dust and ash, but Lily barely noticed. She was used to heavy gray air. Traveling through the city was like walking through a night storm. The earthquake and the fires had transformed familiar landscapes into twisted versions of home. The cart lurched so violently over cracks in the street that Lily feared it might be shaken to pieces. Finally, they rattled and bounced their way to the foot of Market Street. Crowds waited to board the morning ferries. Lily held tight to May's hand as they inched their way toward the boat. Come on now, it's time to board, Mr. Wan said. He lifted Lee from the cart and into, the, into a smaller wagon someone had found to get him to the boat. He helped Mrs. Wan down from the cart and held her arms as she shuffled toward the dock. Lily climbed up into the cart to get her bundle to get her bundle in the canary. The little bird fluttered over her side of the cage. Hello, little one, Lily whispered, and she pushed her fingers through the bamboo bars. The canary poked gently with its beak, a tiny peck of a kiss. Then it flitted away to another perch, and it sang, Cheery, 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 sweet, sweet, cheery. May, you hear? May, do you hear? Lily couldn't take her eyes off the little bird. It was the most, be it was the most hopeful song she'd ever heard. We're chee, we're chee, chicky, chicky, woo. It's lovely, May said, but father is waiting. Lily picked up the cage and hopped down from the cart and hurried after the Wan family. Passengers only, a crew member shouted as they neared the gate. There's no space for trunks or bags. Mr. Wan left his suitcase in a heap of abandoned belongings. He tucked his sack of coins and the family papers into his coat. May dropped her bundle of clothes and Lily did the same. She set down the cage, unlatched the door, and slowly put her hand inside. A few of the bird's delicate feathers whis whispered around the bottom of the cage. Lily picked up one and tucked it into her pocket. Then she held her finger at the edge of the cage and said, Come on now, come with me. The little bird sang one last time, Cheery, sweet, and hopped up and hopped onto its new perch. Lily cupped her hand around him to protect him from the bumping crowd. Then she turned to Ranger. Ready for a boat ride, dog? Mr. Wan took out the coins to pay, but the ferry was free today. The officer waved them through. Lily was last in line. When she started forward, the, passenger, the officer held up his hand. Passengers only. He barked and pointed down at Ranger. But, Lily stopped, I can't leave him behind. Then you'll have to stay. There's no room for dogs.
The officer pushed her aside so the other passengers could keep boarding. Lily dropped to her knees beside Ranger, still cupping the tiny bird in her hands and holding him close to her chest. What was she supposed to do? I won't leave you, Lily whispered, burying her face in Ranger's neck. I won't. Ranger felt Lily shaking with sobs. He felt the little bird twitching between them. He listened to the buzz of the people and the blast of the fairy's horns. Then he heard May's voice. Lily, hurry! She was waving from the boat, but Lily didn't look up. Ranger shook her gently away from him. Then he licked her hand and looked up at the boat. Lily looked up too. She saw May waving and motioning. Ranger nudged Lily toward the boat. You're telling me to go, aren't you? She whispered. You've helped me so You've helped us so much. Of course you'll be all right taking care of yourself, too. Ranger barked and leaned his body against her. Lily needed to go. Now. Lily uncupped her hands. The bird stayed perched on her, on her finger and wrapped an arm around the shaggy dog's neck. Be safe, dog, and thank you. She stood, then hesitated, and reached into her pocket. In China, we have an old proverb that says, To walk a thousand li and present a swan feather. The, gut, the gift is light, but the friendship is solid. She tucked a tiny yellow canary feather under Ranger's collar. I don't have a swan feather, so this will have to do for now, my friend. Perhaps you'll find us again one day. Lily, May called again from the boat. Lily curled her hands around the bird, tucked it under her shirt, and walked through the gate. Ranger watched her board. He listened as the great ship blasted its horns and horn and pulled away from the dock. The crowd was still buzzing. The soldiers were shout the soldiers were still shouting, but there was another sound too, a quiet hum. Ranger found the bundle Lily had left behind and nuzzled it open. There with her clothes and a thin wool blanket was his first aid kit. The humming was getting louder and louder. Ranger nuzzled the strap over his neck and the humming buzzed louder still. The old metal box grew warm at Ranger's neck, and light spilled from the cracks. He looked up at the ferry again. It was getting smaller already, taking Lily and May across the big bay to a city that wasn't on fire. They were safe now. It was time for Ranger to go home. The humming grew louder, and the light from the box got brighter and brighter, so bright. Ranger had to close his eyes. When he opened them, Luke was standing in the mudroom with a bundle of old clothes. Chapter 16, Helping at Home You coming with us, Ranger? Luke tipped his head toward the door. Man's, Mom's van was running in the driveway. Ranger's first aid kit had, hum, had stopped humming. He lowered his head, dropped it into his dog bed, and trotted outside after Luke. Ranger sat in the far back with the boxes freshly washed boxes of freshly washed clothes Luke and Sadie were donating. The laundry soap smell made him sneeze. That made Sadie laugh, and that made Ranger very happy to be home. When they got to the church, people were sorting box after box of clothes and books and toys into baskets for the refugee families. Ranger followed Luke and Sadie up to a, a table and waited while the volunteers decided who could use their hand-me-downs. One of our new families just arrived, a woman told Sadie and pointed toward a picnic table under the Sunday school oak tree. Would you like to go say hello? Luke and Sadie walked over to the table. There was a boy about Sadie's age and another who looked a little older than Luke. Then there was a younger girl, maybe four or five years old, and a baby asleep in her mother's arms. Hi, 
Sadie waved as they approached. I'm Sadie, and this is my brother Luke. And this is Ranger, Luke said. You can pet him if you want. He's friendly. The children didn't pet Ranger. They looked a little afraid of him, but the mother smiled at Luke and Sadie. Then she said, English? She held up her fingers close to show she only understood a tiny pinch of what they'd said. She put her hand on her chest and said, Yara. Then she pointed to the younger boy. Amar? His older brother was Sayed. The little girl was Sabine. And her baby sister was Amira. Luke and Luke, said Luke with a hand on his own chest. He smiled and pointed to Sadie and said her name too. Sadie pointed at the swing set on the church lawn. Want to play? The children looked at their mother. She nodded and they raced across the lawn to the swings. Ranger sat down in the shade to watch. Sabine hesitated a moment, staring at Ranger. Her eyes were dark and curious, like lilies. One of her brothers called to her and she ran to a swing. The children slid down the slide and climbed over the monkey bars until Luke and Sadie's dad called them back. It was time to go home for supper, so they said goodbye and piled into the van. That was fun, Sadie said. They are nice. I hope they like it here. Me too, said Mom. I'm sure they miss their home terribly, but we'll do all we can to make them feel welcome. Maybe they'll like soccer, Luke said, and leaned back to Pet Ranger. Hey, you've got a feather stuck in your fur. He pulled a tiny braid feather from under Ranger's collar. You haven't been chasing birds, have you? Mom looked over her shoulder. That doesn't look like it's from one of the robins or sparrows that visit my feeder, she said. Maybe it fell off a fancy hat someone donated at the church. Ranger gave a quiet bark and nuzzled Luke's hand. Luke laughed as they pulled back into their driveway. Don't worry, you can have it back. I know how you are about the stuff you find. I'll even carry it to your dog bed so you don't have to get all, all drooly. They went inside and Luke dropped the feather over Ranger's blanket. It lifted, it drifted back and forth and came to rest in a fold beside the other girls from children Ranger had met on his journeys. Ranger pawed his blanket over the treasures. Then something light brown and fluffy caught his eye in the window. Ranger barked. What's up, boy? Luke said. You want to go out, back out and play? Ranger did, because Lily was safe now in her new home with the Wan family. His work was finally done, and there was still time to chase a few squirrels before supper. And that is the end of Ranger in Time.